What an incredible experience every Sunday. I just, I know I keep saying that, but I'm so grateful for the way we are led in worship every Sunday. There was a 10-year-old girl and her younger brother. They were in the animal shelter along with their parents looking for a dog that they would take home with them to be the new family pet. The little boy found one, scoped one out that he liked, called his sister to come over, said, Susie, come check this dog out. And Susie went over there and looked at it and said, Bobby, I don't know about that one. He is growling. Bobby said, I know he's growling, but his tail's wagging too. Sure enough, this dog was giving off this just really menacing growl. But that tail was just going back and forth. The little girl was puzzled, turned to her father and said, Daddy, would you come over here? Would you look at this dog? And would you please tell us which end we're supposed to believe? (laughs) The Christian life can be like that sometimes. We look at God, we look at His Word, we look at His promises to us which tell us that we can live a life of victory, that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us, that Jesus came, that we might live life to the full, have life abundant. But then we look at our problems. We look at our headaches and our heartaches. We look at the disappointments of life, the pain, the struggles we experience in life, and we say, God, would you please look at this? Here's your word. Here are your promises. But here are my circumstances. Here's what I keep going through. Can you please tell me, God, what I'm supposed to believe? Have you ever felt that way? This morning, we're going to look at a familiar story, so familiar, in fact, that we run the risk of losing the power found in this story simply because we know it so well. It may be the best-known story in all of Scripture. It is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. The players are well-known. A giant by the name of Goliath and a shepherd boy named David. Before we look at this story, I want you to know that I believe this story was placed in Scripture, in part at least, to help us know what we're supposed to believe when we're struggling with the disparity with what we see in God's Word and what we're experiencing in our own journey through life. We're going to be talking about contending with the giants in your life and in my life. And so I'd like you to take your Bible and open it to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I just want to begin this morning by looking with you at the reality, the reality of the giant in my life, the reality of the giant in 
your life. 1 Samuel chapter 17, here's the story. God's Old Testament people find themselves confronting and in conflict with one of their most persistent and aggressive enemies, the Philistines. Verses 2 and 3 of 1 Samuel chapter 17 tell us that the Israelite army and the Philistine army were camped in the valley of Elah with the Israelites occupying one hill, the Philistines occupying the opposite hill. They're staring at each other across this valley. They are sizing each other up. But there's a problem. The problem is that the Philistines had a secret weapon. Verse 4, look at it. We read that out of the ranks of the Philistine army came a giant of a man by the name of Goliath. He came from Gath. Now, that just sounds mean to me. Goliath from Gath. Pretty intimidating just to say his name. But there he is, standing in the valley. He was a fighting machine. In fact, Scripture identifies him as the champion of the Philistines, sort of the Rocky Balboa of the Bronze Age, if that means anything to you. So check out his size. Check out his weaponry here. Verse 4, if you're looking at the King James, it tells us that his height was five cubits and a span. That translates out to nine feet, nine inches tall. He was a monster man. And look at how Scripture describes him here in verse 5. It says he had a bronze helmet on his head. He wore a coat of scale armor weighing 5,000 shekels. That's a 125-pound trench coat this guy was wearing. Verse 6, he had bronze greaves on his legs. He had a bronze javelin slung across his back. Verse 7, his spear was like a weaver's rod, and its point weighed 500 shekels. That's 15 pounds just for the point of the spear. Now, put a quiver in your liver, you get stuck with that, right? 15-pound spear point. But if that's not enough, look at this. He had a shield bearer who walked in front of him. Now, I want you to try to picture this guy. He must have looked like an Abrams tank down in the valley. Huge, intimidating, dressed to kill, literally. And look at what he says to God's people, verse 10. Goliath says, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. And when King Saul and the armies of Israel heard this challenge, what did they do? Look at verse 11. It says all of them, every single one of them were dismayed and terrified. Now, here's what I want us to do. I want us to stop right here. And I want us to take this story out of the pages of the Old Testament. And I want us to bring it into our own experience of contemporary 21st century life. Because you see, this is not just a story about ancient history. 
It is a story about those giants in your life and my life. Those pressures, those problems, those crises, those headaches, those heartaches, that pain, that impossible situation in your life that looms over you, that intimidates you, that defies you, and that D-double-dog dares you to do anything about it. So would you stop right now just a second? Would you identify that giant in your life? What is it? And let me tell you, it, it could be just about anything. It could be just about anything. It can be a marital or a family problem, a health crisis, a financial concern, a relationship struggle. Maybe it's related to something at your work. Maybe you're dealing with rejection, loneliness, grief. You name it, students, maybe it's the peer pressure you're dealing with at school. For some of you, maybe it's a recurring sin that you just can't get victory over. Maybe it's something that only you and the Lord know about this morning. But whatever it is, it is towering over you. It is intimidating you. It is taunting you, and you do not see how you're ever going to get victory over it. Because listen, it is saying to you exactly what Goliath said to David and to the armies of Israel. I defy you to do anything about me. Let me tell you, those giants are real. They're real, and we all face them. And if you're not dealing with one now, I can promise you, one day you will. There's going to be a nine-foot, nine-inch giant out there somewhere that you're going to run into. And you're going to be absolutely powerless to do anything about him. That brings me to the second thing I want us to look at this morning. And that is the reason for the giant in your life and my life. The reason for the giant in your life and my life. Now, we all know giants are out there. The question is why? I mean, life can be hard enough, right? Life can be tough enough, even when things are going well. So why, as a Christian, do I have to face these giant problems, these pressures, these headaches and heartaches, these struggles, these disappointments? Why? Well, there, there may be a lot of answers to that question. There may be a lot of reasons why we have to face giants in our lives. But one of the main reasons, at least from this passage, is that God wants to use that giant to teach us what it means to trust him completely. God wants to use that giant to teach me what it means to trust him completely. You say, wait a minute, preacher, I can trust God without having to face 
a giant. No, the key word here is completely. I, I think probably very few of us know what it is really like to trust God completely. Now, most of us trust him to get us to heaven. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about trusting him to help us navigate our way through life on planet earth with all of its problems and pressures and crises and pains. It's very hard for us to come to a point when we're walking through those kinds of situations where we can really trust God absolutely and completely. So God says, listen, there's something coming into your life that you're not going to be able to handle. Now, I'm not punishing you with it. it. It's not there to beat you down. But there is a nine-foot, nine-inch Goliath of a situation that is about to confront you that you can't do anything about. So I'm going to use that giant because I want you to learn what it means to trust me completely. Now in this story, 1 Samuel chapter 17, Saul and the Israelite army had not put their trust in God completely. And we know that because of at least two things. Let me share them with you. Here's two reasons why I know Saul and the Israelite army had not placed their trust in God completely. Number one, they had become immobilized. They had become immobilized. You see, when I'm not trusting God completely, giants immobilize me. Do you know how long Goliath had been intimidating the Israelites? Look at verse 16. How long? 40 days. Almost a month and a half, this giant had kept an entire army immobilized, keeping it from moving forward. And giants do that to us. They immobilize us. They, they can get us so discouraged, so uptight, so worried, so intimidated, they can absolutely stop us in our tracks. We can't think of anything else. We can't do anything else emotionally and physically. They, they can cause us to lose our will to go on spiritually. Let me tell you, they can short circuit. If we let them, they can short circuit everything else that God wants to do in our lives. And if your giant has you immobilized, then it means you haven't placed your trust in God completely. And he wants you to do that this morning. He wants you to trust him completely. But not only had Saul and the Israelites not placed their trust in God completely because they had become immobilized, the second thing that happens is they had become demoralized. When I'm not trusting God completely, giants not only immobilize me, they absolutely demoralize me. They cause me to run from the challenge. Look at verses 23 and 24. Goliath comes up again out of the ranks of the Philistine army. 
He issues the same challenge he had issued before. Send somebody out here to fight me. I defy you. I dare you. What does verse 24 say? All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, when they saw Goliath, fled from him and were very much afraid. So instead of being able to respond to Goliath's challenge with faith, they ran away in fear. They were completely demoralized. And the giants in your life and my life can do the exact same thing to us. They taunt us. They defy us. They tower over us. And they say to us, you can't do one thing about me. I'm bigger than you are. I'm more powerful than you are. I'm going to chew you up and spit you out. You see that in verse 44? Where Goliath says to David, you come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the fields. That's just what giants say to us. You dare to take me on, I will grind you to a pulp. And let me tell you, that's demoralizing. It makes us want to run away. And when we want to run away from the challenge, my friends, something has happened to our trust in God. We are not trusting Him completely. So giants immobilize us and they demoralize us. And they cause us to want to run away. Something changes in this story, though. What is it that makes the difference? What turns this story around? Well, David shows up. David shows up. He had just been on a simple journey. His father had said, son, your brothers are in the army. I want you to take them some provisions. I want, to take, I want you to take them some food. So he, he set out on this journey, and when he gets to the end of his journey, boom, here's this giant now confronting him because David heard Goliath's challenge. He saw God's people run in fear. But David's response is different. And in his response, we see a third thing that we desperately need to see in this text, thank God. And that is the remedy for the giant in your life and my life. How do we deal with these giant problems and pressures, headaches and heartaches, pain, struggle, disappointment in this life? Well, if I want to know how to deal with the giant in my life, God gives me a formula. I want you to look at it with me carefully. This is not my formula. This is God's formula that we see right here in the pages of His Word. Three things, and here's the first, and and this is my favorite, I think. I'm going to give you permission to do something this morning, because here's step one in the remedy for the giant in your life and my life. Get an attitude. Get an attitude. Now, when we, when we hear somebody say, boy, he's got an attitude, she's got an attitude, that sounds kind of negative to us. But I want you to know God's Word gives you permission, in fact, exhorts you this morning to get an attitude about that giant in your life. 
When David comes on the scene, when he sees what's happening there in Eli with the Israelite army, listen, he's absolutely shocked. He sees this giant, but he sees something bigger than the giant. In verse 26, he says to the soldiers around him there, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Now, you've got to understand, that's the greatest insult that a Jewish person could lay on anybody. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? In other words, David's saying, this shouldn't be happening. Who's bigger here, this goober or our God? Who's more powerful here, this big lummox or the creator of the universe? David had an attitude, folks. He said, this is shameful. This is a reproach to us. This is a disgrace that this giant has God's people so immobilized, so demoralized, and I ain't standing by and watching this happen. I'm going to take him on. He is not going to intimidate me. In fact, and this, this is great, look, look at verse 46. I love this. David says to Goliath, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the beasts of the fields. Now listen, that is exactly what Goliath had said to David earlier, right? Verse 44, remember? Boy, I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said, oh yeah? I got two words for you, big boy. Yo mama. That's what he said. That's exactly what he said. You're not giving my dead body to anybody. I'm giving your dead body to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And not only that, I'm going to do the same thing to your whole stinking army. Do you see the attitude that's here? David just wasn't going to take this. It's an attitude that says, yeah, this giant might be bigger than me. But he sure ain't bigger than my God, and I'm not going to be intimidated by him. I'm not going to be demoralized. I'm not going to be immobilized. You can talk trash to me, but I'm going to talk trash right back to you. Listen, we, when we're dealing with Giants Church, we got to learn to develop something of an attitude here. We are not going to stand by and let it demoralize us and immobilize us. We're not going to become, let it become a reproach to our God. We're going to stand up, we're going to confront it, and we're going to confront it with an attitude that says, you are not going to beat me down. So that's the first thing. Get an attitude about your giant. Number two, When you're in this battle, you give God your very best. You give God your very best. Now, there's something interesting that happens in this story. It's sort of a sideline, but it's really important. When David heard Goliath and determined, you know, he wasn't going to take that anymore, 
He went to King Saul and told him he was going to fight Goliath. And verse 38, King Saul does something interesting. He, he dresses David in his own armor. He puts The king puts his own uh, bronze helmet on David's head. He puts his own coat of armor around David's body. He puts his own sword in David's hand. And, and David, you know, this little shepherd boy is just you know, struggling under the weight of all of this. And he says in verse 39, wait a minute, king, I can't wear this stuff. It's too heavy for me. I can't go out in this. I'm not used to this. In other words, what David was saying is, king, I'm not, I'm not skilled with these things. I can't, I can't give God my best with these things. I need to use things I'm good with. I need to use things I am skilled with. Now, what was David good with? What was he skilled with? With Look at verse 40. It tells us. David shucked off all this armor, and he took his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones from the brook, and he put them into a shepherd's pouch, and he took his sling up in his hand. Let me tell you something. David knew how to use a staff and a slingshot. He'd used them many times to protect his sheep because he was what? He was a shepherd. In fact, look at verse 34, 35, 36. You'll see David telling King Saul, hey, listen, I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear in defense of my sheep. And David had killed the lion and the bear by using these very things, a staff and a slingshot. I've often heard People say something like this, well, you know, what David held in his hands wasn't much, but he let God use what he had. Well, on the one hand, I understand that. That's true, especially when you compare that staff and that slingshot to the 125 pounds of armor, the sword, the javelin, the shield of Goliath. It doesn't seem like much, but here's the truth. The fact is, David went into this battle against Goliath, giving God his very Best. Do you know that in Judges chapter 20, verse 16, we read that among the armies of Israel, there were 700 left-handed men who could sling a stone at a hair and never miss. We're not talking about luck here. We're not talking about David just slinging a stone some way in one direction, God having to catch it and send it in the other direction. No, we're talking about God using a man's best. We're talking about David giving God his very best. Listen to me. I know it's hard. Gosh, it's hard. When one of life's giants is taunting you, when one of life's giants is defying you, it's very hard hard. It's, it's easy to want to withdraw from life. Sometimes it's easy to want to withdraw from God to sort of slip into spiritual no, uh, neutral, to just sort of go through the motions of your Christian walk, not giving God the best of your time, not giving God the best of your energy, not giving God the best of your efforts, the best of your worship. Let me tell you something. In your battle with your giant, if you want God to give you His best, you give God your best. Don't opt out. Don't quit. 
Don't become discouraged. Instead, you got to say, God, even though this giant is taunting me and defying me, making my life miserable right now, I'm not going to check out on you. I'm not going to stop doing what I need to do in my walk with you, in my obedience to you, in my faithfulness to you, in my trust in you. Because see, if there's ever a time, if there is ever a time when we need to give God our very best, it's when we're contending with a giant. If there's ever a time, a day when you need maximum spiritual focus, unyielding commitment, all-out determination, it's when that giant problem or pressure or painful experience begins to rise up and say, I'm bigger than you. I'm more powerful than you. I dare you. I defy me. I defy you to do one single thing about me. So David gave God his very best. That's, that we see that in verse 48 here because it says, when Goliath arose and came near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. In other words, he wasn't playing defense. He was on big-time offense. He wasn't backing away from Goliath. He was running straight at Goliath. Verse 49, so David put his hand in his shepherd's bag. He took out a stone and slung it. And it struck the Philistine in the forehead. Now listen, that was David giving God his very best. But watch this. It struck the Philistine in the forehead and the stone sank into his forehead. Not hit his forehead. It sank into his forehead. That was God. See, God drove that stone right into Goliath's brain, and he fell down dead, face down on the ground. Again, you want to see God's best when dealing with the giant in your life? Then give God your best. Stop holding back on him. Stop giving him that second-rate stuff. Give him, give him the best. He will always honor that in his people. So number one, get an attitude. Number two, give God your best in this battle. Number three, never, ever, ever give up. Put it another way, don't let the turkeys get you down. Just don't let them get you down. I want you to notice something. When David arrived on the battlefield, decided he was going to take on this giant, all of Israel said, whoa, buddy, you can't do it. Nobody believed in David. In fact, the very first folks to say to David, you can't do this, were his own brothers. Verse 28, now Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard what David said to the men, and his anger was kindled against David, and he said, why have you come down here, and with whom have you left these few sheep in the wilderness? In other words, David, you can't even take care of a handful of pitiful sheep. What makes you think you can come down here and deal with a giant who has our entire army immobilized and demoralized? You can't do anything about this. You're a fool. Just go on home. King Saul told David really the same thing, verse 33. You're not able to go up against this Philistine. You can't fight him. You're just a kid. This guy's been a warrior from the days of his youth. David, he'll wipe the floor with you. Nobody thought David stood a chance. Nobody thought he could defeat this giant. 
But David was determined, even though he had to deal with all kinds of opposition, disbelief, discouragement. He was determined. He was resolute. Look at what he says in verse 45 to Goliath. You come at me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of army, the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You see his determination. Everybody else was saying to him, David, you can't defeat this giant. Verse 47, David says, wait a minute. The battle is the Lord's, and he will give this giant into my hands. David was confident because his confidence, his trust was in the Lord, and he trusted God completely. Let me tell you, you get serious about dealing with this giant in your life. Satan's going to be the very first one to say to you, you can't do it. Too big for you, too powerful for you. You, you. you can't deal with this giant. And it may surprise you, but if you're not careful, you might find yourself with other people coming around you and saying, you can't do it, can't be done, can't find victory over that problem, can't rise above those circumstances, can't climb out of that mess. You can't. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Church, there will always be people, always, always be people who will say you can't. But I want you to listen to me. The Word of God says you can. Church, you can. Christian, you can. And this is not the power of positive thinking. This is the power of biblical thinking. Philippians 4.13 tells me I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. If God says you can, my friend, you can. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. The battle is the Lord's. He will give that giant into your hands. It starts with an attitude. Giving God your very best. Not letting anyone or anything get you down or tell you you can't do it. Never give up. Well, what's the result of all of this? And this is really, this is really the main point of the story, and we, we dare not miss this. The result of defeating the giant in my life, the result of defeating the giant in your life, verse 46, look at it. David says, I'm going to take on this giant. I'm going to fight this battle, and here's why. So the whole earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Do you see that? David said, here's why I'm going to do this. So that everybody will see that God is real, that he's powerful, that he's awesome. See, defeating the giants in your life and my life is not primarily or ultimately about my good. It's not about solving my problem. It's not about easing my pain. It's not about making life easier for me. Defeating the giant in your life, defeating the giant in my life is not about my good. It's about God's glory. It's about saying to a cynical, unbelieving world, this God I talk about, this God I serve, this God I've given my life to is real. He's powerful. He's awesome. And you ought to give your life to him too. 
It's great to read the story about David and Goliath and see what God did a long time ago. I'm going to tell you the truth. There's a story God wants to write about your life. There's a story he wants to write about my life. There's a story he wants to write about that giant in your life, that giant in my life that will show that what God did back then, he still does today. He will still speak to people today. He will still draw people to his son, Jesus Christ, today. Because you see, it, it, is, it is only when a cynical, unbelieving world sees the difference that Jesus Christ makes in you that they will believe He can really make a difference in them. This is what it's about. This is always what it's about. It is about the glory of God. Life is not about us. But when those painful, pressure-filled, heartache, headache, pain, disappointment, impossible situations come into our lives, when we're dealing, contending with that giant, God is wanting to help us learn what it means to trust Him completely so the whole world may know. So Greenville, South Carolina may know that there is a God in this place and that He makes all the difference. You should pray with me. Heavenly Father, for this time we are grateful for your word, we are thankful. And we see and we recognize and we understand this morning that this is not just a story about something that happened a long time ago. This is our story. This is our life. This is our reality. Oh God, only you know the year 2020 in so many ways has been a giant that has taunted us, defied us, intimidated us. Even today it towers over us, daring us to take it on. Saying, I'm more powerful than you are. I'm bigger than you are. Well, yes, that's true. But there is nothing, nothing that is bigger than the God in whom we place our trust completely. Nothing in life, nothing in death, nothing on earth, nothing in heaven, nothing under the earth, 
Nothing in our experience of daily life is more powerful or can ever separate us from the love of God that has been demonstrated toward us in Christ Jesus. So Lord, with an attitude that is based upon the truths of your word, not a human arrogance, but a solid confidence grounded and founded in your promises. This morning we come against those giants. God, we determine in this battle you're going to get our best. We're not going to check out. We're not going to run away. We're not going to cower in fear. We're not going to be immobilized or demoralized. We're going to fight, we're going to fight, and we're going to fight, and we're going to never give up. We're not going to let one of those turkeys out there get us down. Because we want our world to see. We want our world to know. We want our world to experience that there is a God who is real and powerful and more than sufficient who is able to do exceeding abundantly above beyond all we could ask, think, or even imagine according to His power that is at work within us. So God, may You be glorified today through us as we contend with the giant facing us. May You be honored. May You be glorified every, through every word and every action that we as your people take as we walk this journey together. It's the prayer that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing together a, a chorus as we conclude our time. I'm going to invite you to join me in standing. As you do so, there may be a decision you need to make this morning. Maybe at the very point of this message, maybe there's a giant that's intimidating you, defying you this morning. You're tired of it needed to be dealt with. And you'd come this morning and just say, God, I, I, I need your help, but I, I'm going to take this thing on. I'm not going to give it the victory. Maybe there's somebody here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You, you, you don't have that strength. You don't have that power. You don't have any way to draw on those promises this morning. Well, you, you need to get to know Christ. You need to invite Him into your life. You need to let Him clean up your heart and you need to let him give you his, uh, his life, place his life within you, enable you to find the victory here. That's the only way you ever will. Maybe you need a church home and a church family. You'd say right here at Taylor's First Baptist Church, I really believe God wants to use me here to make a difference. Maybe you have a decision like that. Maybe there's something else on your heart this morning. Only you and God know about. This altar's open. I've got my mask. If I can pray with you about something this morning, I'm glad to do that. But you've heard the word. Don't leave this morning without making your response in some way, either right where you are, if you need to come this morning, I'll be glad to pray with you.